You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. Skyline 2 with AdLibs by Kendrick Lamar. Oh, and he wrote this too. Did he? It's plain as day he wrote this. Because Frank's rapping. Yeah. I mean, everything about it. Um, from what I saw, there was... Yeah, like Tyler. I guess Tyler. Tyler produced this. He produced it. Yeah. Um, you can hear Kendrick in there, but like, dude, this um, lyrically, just flow-wise, and even just the the words that are used, like right. it's all Kendrick Lamar. You can clearly hear it. But about two minutes in... yeah. This record is ridiculous. Yeah, I like the song. Uh, I like the chorus. I like the beat. Like, it's good. It's really good. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Because there are other ones on here that I'm just like, man. But um, but I like it. And I got I to gotta listen back. I definitely caught that he's using Kendrick's flow. I, I got to see if, if Kendrick wrote all of it, most of it. <laughs> he, he wrote. He helped considerably. Oh, he helped. Considerably um, is a good word. But if you're going to get somebody to write for you. Sure. I mean. And, and that's what I wanted to talk about because on, on this project, and I'm going to get, there's one record in, in particular where he completely sounds like the person who wrote it. And Frank is one of those artists who is known for his songwriting. And how does the general public feel about songwriters who let other people write songs for them? Mm. Like, is that a knock on their music? Is because what happened to Drake, does that play a factor in how people are digesting lyrics and music as a whole now? Where now not just rappers have to write their own music, many R&B artists who have been touted for having a pen, now they have to write all their own music too. Yeah, I don't really get caught up on that. Um, I think the whole point is to make the best song that you can make. If you think that you can make it by yourself because you have to be in sole ownership of the thoughts and the way that they're expressed, right. great. If that's not how you work, great. The whole point to me is make great music. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand with that sort of mentality. So many people say, um, you know, these are my thoughts, these are my emotions, these are my feelings. But I ascribe to the school of thought that many, if not everybody, goes through similar things but since we're all different we may process them differently or we just may see that we process them differently so if i go to you doc and say hey i'm dealing with x y and z right and you say you know what i dealt with that three years ago and you can write from that same perspective and i say yo you captured exactly what i feel like right now who who's to say that that's your thought like I can grab a hold of your thought and make it mine as well because it's it's similar enough. Or or like even just from like I mean songwriting is similar but like from a production like from if you're if you're getting help making the music. Right. Right like yesterday I get here, unpack everything and I'm like, "Hey, let's chop some samples. Let's work." Yo, and this this machine that Doc has is ridiculous. <laughs> it's not like if we got to something good, I didn't go, oh, 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 this has to be my idea only. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah. Like, no, it's like we're making something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, we've talked about this at length in the show before many times, especially anytime we talk about Kanye West, right? But the idea that only you have to do something by yourself in order for it to be really great is dumb. Yeah. So, um, self-control. Now we're just getting to some straight up like acoustic guitar strumming along with 
a pitched up chorus by somebody named Young Lean. Yeah, you never heard of Young Lean? No. Sad Boys? He has this one record that I heard maybe in like 2011. The beat, the sample that he uses is ridiculous. Hmm. Um, but, you know, he's, he's like the founder of troll rap. So if you oh, hear it, know. it's like he's like a, a, a stepson of Lil B. Um, so, so I was very surprised to hear him contribute on this project. As this song goes... It gets better as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the outro to me is unlike anything that you'll really hear in what you might call R&B. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of what I would call classic rock influence on this album. Mm-hmm. Well, um, classic, classic rock? You, I, I, hear, I hear some grunge and some I hear 90s rock. alternative. Mm-hmm. I definitely hear some like 60s rock. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cla- when, you, when you say classic rock, I mean, I'm anything, thinking like. I think anything before hair metal. Okay, okay. I, when you say that, my mind instantly went to like Creedence Clearwater Revival. You think like, like 70s rock? Yeah, I think of like Southern rock. Right, like, right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. Absolutely. Um, so, Good Guy is basically a little interlude. Um, again, vocal manipulation on records where he's kind of talking about another side of him. Um, this is okay. I'm cool with it. I didn't need this. Right. But let's talk about Nights. Um, I talked about it before, but like duality is definitely the theme. Um, the first half is when it starts, it's basically like him rapping over a strum guitar with some drums. Yeah. But it gets better as it goes. And then that bridge before the beat switch mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And then the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I love the second half. I really like the song overall. How do you feel about Nights? Uh, it hasn't hit me yet. Okay. It hasn't hit me yet. It's, I think... I this is one of the records where I can't get this is what I do. I hear the beginning. I want the drums to be different. <laughs> I'm around Doc who has like these big heavy we've been chopping up break beats and doing all this other <laughs> stuff this weekend. So then I hear these little pity pat drums on nights and I'm like, uh then I look at my phone and see that the song is like six minutes long. You're like, and uh, then I start skipping uh, and I'm like, uh, and then I don't go back to it. So I this is one of the records that I need to like not look at my phone, throw right. it on the other side of the room and just let it play. So I, I don't really have an opinion on it yet. Okay. I know you have an opinion on solo reprise. Yeah. Um, Mike Dean on the beat. Oh, that's why it's so busy. Listen, I don't love Mike Dean the way everybody else does. Like, Mike Dean just reminds me of the Tom Hanks scene in Big where, where Tom Hanks is dancing on the piano. <laughs> I feel like that's what Mike Dean does. No. Just, listen, like he, when Mike Dean is on, he's on. So I'm not going to say he's always trash. Right. When he's on, he's on. But sometimes he is a victim of his own creativity where he just wants to do too More. much. And I'm not saying that in this instance, but like where the, the sort of melody and beat switches go, I'm not crazy about. Mm. Um, but it's not enough for me to turn, to be turned off by this record because Andre 3000 is ridiculous on here. Um, we always, we, 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 we were talking about this. I was talking about this with some friends. Like what was the last Andre 3000 verse? Cause I don't think it was the TI record. I think he put out something after that. I can't even remember. I know he did the Erica Badu joint, but I kind of don't consider that to be a verse. Um, I'm trying to think of the last one that I actually remember liking. It had to have been Sorry or 16, right? 16. 
Listen. <laughs> I know we, uh, and I love that verse. I like that verse more than sorry. Though sorry isn't a crazy verse. Um, is the last one I really like the real her? Man, that's 2011, son. Like that I really liked. But he hasn't been putting out much. He hasn't. And uh, Andre 3000 verse isn't quite the unicorn that it once was. Um, but this right here, yes. This, this is overpowering. What do you mean? Like in this, the way this album kind of flows and then this just comes out and then all of a sudden it is just Andre rapping at warp speed. Yeah, but he's oh. clear. He is. He's not doing the... Yeah, he's not doing the white guy fast rap. He's not doing the g Easy, the MGK. Like, I can actually hear everything he's saying. Right. Um, he said, Lord, he said, I'm so low, I can see under the skirt of an ant. Like, that's just, that's so ill. That's so dope. Um, would you think of the, would you, uh, would you consider what he said a shot at Drake? Or just um, a shot at people who do that? It probably was inspired by Drake. Like, yeah. first off, listen, listen, listen. There's no way that Andre 3000 has been rapping since 1994, been rapping professionally since 1994, and just found out there were Ghost Riders. Be ye not <laughs> deceived. Like, that's not what happened. Um, I feel like Drake was inspired by it because let me actually, let me pull up oh, you got something? the verses. Because he says... Um, he says something after the Drake lyric that's very interesting. Okay. Uh, okay. After 20 years in, I'm so naive. I was under the impression that everyone wrote their own verses. It's coming back different. And yeah, that hurts me. I'm humming and whistling to those not deserving. The humming, humming and whistling to those not deserving was more telling than mm. people aren't rapping. Because that, to me, is the Drake shot. Yeah. And he's rapped on a Drake record before. He did the real her? Right. And I feel like Drake, or Dre, I feel like Andre is very particular with who he lends verses to. Sure. And I think like with many people, they saw Drake as the guy. And now these purists, in the public's eye, they cannot stand next to the poster boy for all things that are wrong with hip hop, the toxicity of hip hop, because Drake is like the worst person alive. Like now he's in the category with Soldier Boy and Chief Keef and Puff Daddy, like where everything he does is just anti hip hop and he's the worst thing in the world. He's now the poster boy of that no matter what he does. No. Because he doesn't write his own lyrics. But newsflash, because we've said this at length for years on this show, there's a really good chance that Everyone you listen to who records music professionally gets help on their music. In some way. In some way. So it could be a hook here, a line there. Some instances it's, hey, write the second verse for me. Some instances it's, here's the concept. Some instances, here's the whole song, wrap it over. Yeah, if you don't think Nas got help from J Electronica on Untitled, I have, I have waterfront property in Columbus, Ohio to sell you. He completely wrote Queens Get the Money. I, listen, I, Nas is crazy, but Fried Chicken and Project Roach scream J Electronica. <laughs> he got, so, you know. Um, ja, ja, ja wrote Can I Get It For Jay-Z and Emil, not just the hook. There have been, we'll say, stories about 
now now that seems like kind of makes sense but at the time it was scandalous the idea that uh an artist like Jay might get like a beat plus a hook already like pre-wrapped as a mm-hmm. package mm-hmm. and then they just redo it and go. But like, I mean, how about, uh, you know, who gonna stop me off of uh, watch the throne? They didn't do that hook. The words that Jay rapped, the people who made the beat wrote that hook. Yeah. But you know, I mean, care? no, but I, the story I heard about, can I get a, was that Jay walked in the studio and heard Ja's version. Can I hit it in the morning? Right. If I, and he said, I need that record. Right. And John Irv sold it to him, as they should, as they should have. It, it, I mean, it helped, ended up helping Ja because Ja was got a huge the, look for Ja. It was a huge look for Ja. Um, and and then another way to tell is if they don't do another song like that, there's nothing else in Jay's discography like "Can I Get It." Right. And actually, it's funny just to hear you do the "Can I Hit It." Like I, I then immediately hear it in Ja Rule's voice. Exactly. And now, um, yeah, I, I'll never hear that song the same way again. Exactly. Thank you for ruining. No, no. I 1998. Mean, <laughs> slightly lo- oversized J- fitted Jay-Z suit. You just put a pox on the whole year. That's fine. That's cool. I- I'll-, I'll take that. So yeah, everybody's had-, had help. So I don't want this. Oh, this is the Drake diss. He's dissing Drake. Like, who cares? If he is, whether he's not, he could be dissing there. Like, listen, let me make this last point and we can move on. I, I, in the last maybe month or so, I've been working close to 60 hours a week. Um, I'm a dad. Um, I, 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 I work, uh, at my church. I do a lot of volunteer stuff there. I have other things. I go hang out. I do a lot of stuff. I have to find time to be creative. Now, if you do this professionally, I'm not going to sit up here and say that you have downtime, but I would imagine it's very hard for you to maintain and find time to be creative, uh, consistently. Like the whole tour bus stories, like, man, when I'm on the road, the last thing I want to do is make music. I want to be on the road and I want to focus on what I want to do on the road and I want to go home. Right. So I get it. It doesn't bother me the way at the end of the day, it all comes down to execution. It comes down to a lot of different things that um, artists have to have the ability to do in order to be successful. Because we can talk about uh, B.O.B.'s Nothing On You. We can talk about uh, like a couple of records where like another rapper did it and it just it didn't it didn't hit so so let's talk about pretty sweet uh a very chaotic start to the song um and then it kind of settles in with something that i think sounds more like a rock chorus than anything else which i kind of like and then we get to the ending which you go totally left field with like a 90s drum and bass like break that's just like it's it's very like 1990s British music to me. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like something that like MTV would have played from some UK artist back in like 94, 95. Yeah. Um it's kind of growing on me. I like the ending though. Like the that the drum and bass outro. I'm just like okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm not not like crazy. This is one of the records that sounds like drugs to me. Mm. Some songs that sound sound like they, they told you cocaine will get you clout. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Every time we drive on 95 in Connecticut, I just start thinking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is my problem. Anyway, you were saying sounds like drugs. Yeah. Some some records. And I talked about this with ASAP's album. Um, somebody else. I can't think that we reviewed on it. Like some records, you can just hear the drugs. You can hear the hallucinogens. And this is one of the records where I can. You can hear the fight in some of these records as well. Mm. Just What do you mean know, by that? Well, you were talking about him 
uh, wrestling with himself. identity and right. himself. Yeah, like this is one of the records where I hear it. I hear it more towards the end of the album too, but you really begin to hear it on this record. Right. So then we get Facebook story, which is some French producer talking about something on Facebook, which is dumb. This whole thing's skippable. Stupid. I, 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 I get it. I get it. Because it, that's, that goes into the whole Frank Ocean hipster wheelhouse of, you know, we're not on Facebook, man. That, that's a trademark phrase, the Frank Ocean hipster wheelhouse. <laughs> We'll be selling, we'll be selling uh, <laughs> recreations of that online. No. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, we're not on Facebook. Social media is not real, dude. Like, it's, it's that thing. <laughs> so I get it. It's like, no, we want real relationships. I, I get it. But it's much like his skit with his mom. Like, right. you want to hear a story one time, but it's like your uncle who, like, always tells the same story every time he sees you. It's like, I, I, this is the 40th time I heard it. There are few albums where you actually want to hear the skits the third time through absolutely is the last one good kid absolutely when was the last one before that <laughs> the chronic i don't know like, yeah say uh like what uh, human links like ready I don't, to, yeah ready to die or life after death or okay. something like that yeah just, right maybe life after, maybe, I, like it's so rare very much so because uh, then you hear me retrospect and it's just like right where sorry yeah. you didn't see my face on the show if you're listening on, yeah armand's just like yeah word it was the physical embodiment of word it was it was uh so after that we get close to you um another uh appearance by the what is being termed the prism sizer prismizer i can never pronounce this thing it's the thing that francis and the lights does the effect oh yeah, yeah, yeah. listen so, man i'm hearing i'm hearing your man in a lot of different places i'm hearing him get around he's been working he's been working i ain't mad at it man um so this is an interesting case where the skit hurts this out this song because if you were to finish up like you have solo reprise which is just a rush from andre then you get pretty sweet which kind of starts chaotic then settles into a rock course and then ends with a frantic uh, drum break and then if you immediately went into this kind of very chill close to you like that would work as a nice come down yeah but instead you get facebook story in between and you i mean this song is it's good it's yeah. not amazing to me and i feel like if it if it were like an anid, not an antidote, but like as a nice alternative to what happens at the end of Pretty Sweet, I think it would work better. Yeah, I feel that. Um, but White Ferrari. I f- when I heard this, I said Doc likes this record. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, super minimalist opening. Yeah. Um, but then, like, as the song goes on. Yes. The, the songwriting, the harmonies. Yes. This almost sounds like the Beatles at times. Yeah. Didn't they get credited on here? Because there's a line that he like takes from like a song or whatever. But okay. yeah. Um, it's not a sample. It's just like one of the lines. He just used one of the lines. But um, apparently it might, it's either Bonnie Vare or James Blake on the outro. People don't really know. <laughs> sounds like Bonnie Vare to me. Yeah. Um, but this song, man, yeah. is, uh, is beautiful. Yeah. It's not really like my type of record, mm. but... I can appreciate like the music. Like, yeah, this is dope. It's not for me, but this is dope. Have you listened to this on like headphones yet? Or has it been Um yeah, I listened to my uh headphones at work. To me, much of this album is very like I'm by my I'm like listening yes. to it headphones by myself. This is not a I'm gonna throw this on in the car. No, not with uh you know, or this definitely isn't like 
throw this on at a party. No, no, no. But it's not even like like some even when you're by yourself, some records you can they sound better out loud. Sure. Some are like I need to be like this is very much a I'm on my headphones and you're just like for me this White Ferrari didn't click for me until my flight out here. Mm. And then I was just like, oh, right, right. What? I keep telling people that traveling does a lot for music. Often good. Some of my favorite albums, uh, uh, Foreign Exchange's first album, uh, Lupe's Food and Liquor Advance, more recently, The Life of Pablo and Views. Um, I can all attribute me liking them to traveling. Uh, my favorite Arcade Fire album, which is called The Suburbs, is a fantastic like put it on the car. The first time I heard it was I had I had a 90 minute drive because I was driving to Stanford, Connecticut, mm-hmm. aka right next door to the home of uh, of World Wrestling Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah, I, you gotta take me there when I come. Um, I got it. You know, it's 90 times. minutes, which basically means I get a long album on the way down. Yeah, and then a long album on the way up. Right. And I will always associate that 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 album with uh, driving in the car. But um, but yeah, white Ferrari. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, really great music. Uh, Siegfried. Um, The guitar melody here is just... Man. And Frank is really singing on this. I'll say, this is another record where I hear pain. Mm. This is another record where I hear him wrestling. Yeah, he really is like opening up Mm -hmm. his range on the first part of the song. Yep. Um, The spoken word part is cool. But the outro where he's singing about like, I do anything. Yeah. And I'm not even like in my feels. Yeah. Like I'm happy. Yeah. I got a lot going on in my life right now, but yes, I'm happy. Do. But like, yeah. I can't even imagine being in my feels and listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was the album that I broke, uh, temporarily broke my feels fast for. And it was a lot. It, and this is August. Exactly. Like, it's still hot outside. Right. It's going to be like January, February. Yeah. Winter's coming. Word to Game of Thrones, like winter is coming. But no, Siegfried is. I I really like this song a lot. Yeah, there's a nice little run of songs here. Um, Godspeed featuring uh, Kim Burrell. Yeah, who uh, apparently white people are discovering. Right, <laughs> <laughs> including myself. I was like, oh, Kim Burrell. Yo, listen, man, listen, listen, listen. If this is your first introduction to Kim Burrell, welcome. <laughs> She has the best voice I've ever heard in my life. Um, her range, her writing, because this is a Kim Burrell song that Frank Ocean is singing. Mm. He is singing her song. She wrote this for him. It's, it's plain as day. And then she comes in at the end. Again, the, um, similar to what Ronald Osley did at the end of uh, How Much a Dollar Costs, much like The Undertaker who floated away after they threw him in the casket, Royal Rumble 94. <sighs> He comes in and she comes in and she just angelically starts singing. So if you are a Kimberell fan, oh God, try me again, Calvary. Like just, just play anything prior to like 2007 from Kimberell and you're going to like just fall on your face, fall on your face just in awe. She's incredible. This song overall though is good. I don't think this song is as good as the run that we just had before this. But it's a good song to me. This song is dope. And then we end with Future of Free. And what is it? First French, now this. People ending their albums with nine minute long songs. Um, this is two different, totally different things with silence in the middle. So the first yeah. part is um, it's an actual song. 
And then uh, the second half is an interview, which I'm not even going to talk about because it's whatever. I'm not. Yeah. It's I'm his good. brother, right? Yeah, it's his brother. Yeah. The actual song here is, it's cool. Yeah. You could have ended with Gatsby. Right. It's not the strongest way to end your album. Yep. I agree. Um, you know, again, like there's cases, there's, I think there's multiple cases in this album where you hear like, two, I, I think there was some of this on Endless as well, where there's like two tracks of vocals running at the same time. Yeah. Again, battling your, himself, duality, like all that. Um, but yeah, this just isn't, it's okay. Yeah. Nah. To I, me, the album kind of ends on a little bit of it. Eh. It's not as bad as Endless. Endless, like no, Endless's no, no, ending no, no. was and, just like. Right. Oh, Endless yeesh. had an end. Like, <laughs> We careened Stop. off the cliff. <laughs> right. Stop. Um, all right. So, overall, as somebody who really liked uh, what was, what was Nostalgia, it? Nostalgia Ultra. Ultra, yeah, somebody who thought Challenge was all right, it's all right, and we both thought Endless was eh, nah. How did you feel? How do you feel right now? And granted, this is right now, and this is definitely an album where. A week is almost not enough. I'm glad we waited this long. Yeah. Tuesday could not have worked. No, no way. Um, no way. How do you feel about Blonde right now? Um, I don't know. Okay, okay. I don't know yet. Um, again, I feel like it needs to be a little cooler out. I need to listen to I, I've already, um, shoot, are we doing it Saturday? A couple days, I'm going to hang out with my, one of my hipster homegirls. And like, I'm going to take this in with her. And we're just gonna, and I'm just gonna let her talk. <laughs> I, I feel like you could, I feel pink and white, like you could be like picking apples in the fall to that record. Like, yeah, it's very much like a frolic through, yeah, it's a very frolicky record. Um, I'm not sure yet. I need to hear this in different environments. Yeah. I need to be a little cooler out mm. and ask me again in a month. You know, sometimes with the show, I'm not ready to hear an album, but we have to talk about it. We do it for the people. We do it for the people, but sometimes I want to hear it. Not yet. And that's how the Frank album was. Like when it was out, like I felt weird texting Doc and saying, yo, what's up with Frank? Because I saw people talking about it. Right. Doc had to fill me in like, well, this dropped and whatever, whatever. Um, I just wasn't there. I had to get there. And actually, what helped me get there was reading the credits. Right. Oh, Pharrell and Tyler on a record together? Let me get this now. Right. Um, so that kind of plays into it. Once the clock radio... Spe- and that's happened with a couple of albums, I'm not going to lie. We'll review an album and I'll be like, eh. And that's because I wasn't ready to listen to it. And then a week or two later, I'll revisit it and be like, yo, this album's crazy. Right. So, but I like it. What about, or no, I don't like it. Like, I don't hate it. We'll say that. I don't hate it. I don't think it's genius like everybody else does, but I'm not sure yet. And I still need some time. How about you? First time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm trending towards wow. I'm mm. getting towards wow. It's a very different project. Um, I'm st- like, and the con- the fact that this and Endless were released by the same artist within like 48 hours makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious to see, do they even try to push, like what songs do they try to push? Where do they push them? Yeah. Um, I have no freaking clue. Um, I definitely want to see him live now. I should have seen him after Channel Orange. I definitely need to see him now. I'm going to have to pay for, pay for my mistake because I didn't see him earlier, but yeah. such is life. Um, but no, 
it's not perfect. There are parts where I'm like, nah, it could be, you know, even though it's only 60 minutes, it actually could be a little shorter. Yeah. A little trim here and there. Mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. could have been really like, co- really clean. But yep. I really like it. I really like it. Yeah. It's very interesting. I don't know if this gets quote unquote pushed. You know, just because what what one record do you go to on this project? This is another like endless. You got to hear this whole thing. No, I think you could jump to solo. I think people would. I think pink and white is going to have people who just kind of jump to it because it just jumps out at you immediately. Um, yeah, it might be solo. Is solo the answer? I don't know. <sighs> Probably solo. I think that that's a that's yeah, but it ain't got no drums on it, son. Like <laughs> right. And got no drums on it. I mean, the, what was the last record to to make the radio? I don't even want to call it the radio because I was talking to one of my DJ friends and we were talking about French Montana's album. And he was like, well, you know, I was listening to Hot 97 and they were killing no shopping. Like they played it nonstop. Right. But then you have the head of, of Epic Records, L.A. Reid, saying that we didn't put this album out because there was no buzz. So radio isn't necessarily indicative of, no, you know, so... When we say what goes to radio, I mean, shoot, what is that now? What what they license? I, I think it's also just what gets like, what gets a video, what gets like, what do they try to, because part of making it like on the charts now is what are your YouTube streams like? What, like all that stuff. So it's like part of that, you know, is, and you could do some interesting videos this album, like, and maybe it's Nikes. Maybe they just push Nikes. Right, 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 right. He could get his own shoe. You know what I'm saying? Look, they, look, they gave Kevin Hart his own shoe. The door, the doors are wide open. If 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 Puma is able to re, uh, have Rihanna sell eighty dollars sandals with fur on them, and they consistently sell out, the floodgates are wide open. Except Nike's is critical of, of absolutely consumerism. So I, I don't think I don't. You know, I mean, listen, we talking about Phil Knight here. Like we talk, we talking, we talking Nikes. Like, um, yeah, okay, uh, so. This is his first independent album now. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, so we, we've alluded to it before. Endless fulfilled his contract. Uh, this came out as an Apple Music exclusive, as an independent. It's not, he's not signed to Apple as a record label because it's not a record label. Yet. But <laughs> they're actually – so there are rules for Apple with that because uh, the name of the Beatles record company was Apple Records. Really? So when iTunes started, they had to actually get like special permission because they were getting into the world of music. And wow. obviously Apple Music really gets close to that. Sure. But I don't know if they'll ever fully cross that line. Nah. But they don't need to because basically what they're doing is they're finding people who – they. it's funny, right? In a sense, record labels don't really do a good job anymore at nurturing artists to becoming like successful. And, and A&Ring is dead. So yeah. if that's the case – and Apple provides the distribution anyway, right? iTunes and Apple Music, or a chunk of the distribution anyway. For a big enough artist, you just be indie, partner with Apple Music, who's paying you to be exclusive for whatever amount of time, right? And then go from there. But um, right. If you have the resources to shoot your own videos, right? Um, Apple is pretty much just the hub. It's the number one digital uh, distributor and just right. the overall distributor of music now. Yeah. So, you know, now we can house your videos. We can, if you want to put out a booklet, uh, if you want to add something onto your CD or to your music, we can provide that platform. Right. Here's some money to make it happen. Right. Do it. Right. Um, I think for them, that's a, that's a win-win. 
Yeah. So for, you know, for Frank, it's just a question of, does he want to be independent forever? Does he want to, was this just, you know, let me get off Def Jam. Let me show what I can do. The blind will be a big success. And then it'll debut at number one. Um, and then I'm assuming he'll tour and then it's a, he has to. right. And then it's a question of what else, you know, what else do people, you know, he'll get offers. Does he want them? Absolutely. Um, I think for many people, we've, I think many people have said, well, uh, major labels don't work. They don't know what they're doing anymore. I don't necessarily agree with that anymore. Okay. I think that labels have, um, if they haven't caught up, they're not too far behind. Not like they were. Okay. But I think that if you, and, and what I mean is, is you can go back and forth. Right. You can sign to a label. Cause at the end of the day, the label is a machine and the machine, when it wants to work, it can still work. Right. right, right. So they have relationships and resources to catapult you to another stratosphere. And Frank Ocean could not do what he did with Blonde without what Def Jam did for him with Channel Orange and Nostalgia Ultra. You know what I'm saying? So I think that he used Def Jam for what he needed to use them for. Now he goes back indie. If he ever goes through a lull or if the labels find some sort of creative way to create revenue and build up his platform, he can mm-hmm. sign back with the label and then be done with that and then do something independent again. He can just play hopscotch. Many artists can do that if you do it correctly. And one of the, one of the supposed uh, fallouts of all this is that the head of Universal basically yes. was like, no more exclusives. Crazy! Which... Frankly, I think Apple wants. Absolutely. They don't want to pay these people. They're doing it because Tidal's doing it. Absolutely. So <laughs> they think they're going to hurt Apple. At all. They're not. Right. Because believe me, there are a lot of artists who are signed up the chain through Universal who have Tidal exclusives right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Apple invented the problem. It's a problem in general right now. So absolutely. Um, we'll see if that holds. It, I mean, when I read that, it kind of sounded like the out-of-touch executive who had to look up and go, wait. How come boys don't cry? How, or blonde? Wait, what's blonde? How, I right. thought this was a Def Jam album. Right. Right. And then they look up and, you know, you've got the lawyer in the corner who's like, well, technically, yeah. he followed all the rules and, and then nothing. he just, la- and the, the head just lashed out like, no more. And then, you know, someone's going to calm down and be like, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Yep. We don't have to put up as much money anymore because Apple and Tidal are in a, a war right now. So that's money we don't have to spend. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. To use their, they have the platform. Well, right. And it, it's an exclusive, but I think it's a two-week exclusive? Yeah. It's a two-week exclusive. I mean, those two weeks went by with Khaled like that. <laughs> Beyonce was a much longer exclusive. Yeah, how long was she? Like, was it four or six weeks? Mm. Uh, Kanye was six weeks? Yeah, he was a while. I mean, even Beyonce's last album, it didn't show up on Spotify until she re-released it. Right, right. That was on iTunes on day one, but that was before title. Yeah. That was because, right, so Spotify has two problems. Number one, it's not Apple. Yep. Number two, they have a free tier. And yep. artists don't like that because they don't get it. They don't get as much money for that. They don't that. get as much money for it. So be interesting to see the follow-up from this. Um, be interesting to know, you know, we, we've sort of checked in with people over time on the show, and I'll do it again. If you subscribe to a streaming service, um, then you are in some way impacted by these exclusives, right? Whether yeah. if you've chosen Spotify and you're just looking at all these Apple and Tidal exclusives and going, 
or maybe you, you listen to title and you're, you know, you're missing out on some Apple stuff or vice versa. Or maybe you look at all this and go, I'm not streaming. I'm just going to get my music the traditional way. Like, I'd love to hear from y'all where y'all are at right now. Yeah, yeah. Just considering the year that title has had, um, I'm curious to know if people have like come over to that realm and stayed. Right, right, right. Or if you, you know, for some people, they have to have two. I do, but we have the show. Right, exactly. exactly. I need to write, I, 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 make sure I have to make sure I write it off as a business expense on my taxes. Yeah, ASAP. Clock Radio Speakers Incorporated over here. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else you want to say about Frank right now? Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say and I completely forgot. Let me look through my notes real quick just to make sure, but I think, I think we're okay. What about you? No, I th- you know, actually I thought we'd spend a lot more time on this, but it was just because we didn't want to talk about Endless at all. Yeah, we, 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 we spent 15 minutes on Endless. R. Kelly and Rick Ross, we were speeding <laughs> through, that, through that record. All right, well, that's probably it then. So thank you everybody for listening. Um, yeah, this is good. It's been an unusual episode because I'm like, I'm talking to the mic and then I'm looking over to my left and then I'm talking <laughs> into the mic and I'm looking over left. Um, if for whatever reason this is your first time listening, welcome. Please go to clockradiospeakers.com, check the back catalog. Um, or you can just subs- rate, you know, subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Uh, shout out to Fourth District for supporting us as always. And uh, Armand, you got anything else you want to talk about? Or? Nah, not yet. All right. Soon though. All right. 